the move. Blasted towards goal. Cenku Jack got it there. Cenku Jack's first goal in AFL footy. He looks brilliant. Wingard. Spinning move was superb. How good that time to look over his shoulder. Chad Wingard, brilliant. Simply brilliant. That Brockman by hand. More, more. Bends it. Nails it. The Hawks are up by three goals. Grabs the jumper. Hello and welcome to the Hawthorne Fancast. Straight off the back of Another disappointing loss against Melbourne in round nine. I'm joined by Matt. What the game on Saturday? How did you feel about it? Uh, yeah, obviously it was quite disappointing, wasn't it? I mean, it's a you know fifty plus point loss again for the Hawks. Uh, we just go to the footy again and again, and we can't seem to score. So it's sort of uh, a bit deflating being in the stands and only seeing your team score what one goal in the whole first half. And we knew the gulf of class between these two teams at Melbourne were always expected to sort of hand it to us a little bit, but it's it's still demoralizing when you just can't seem to find a way to have any kind of plan B. Yeah, it's funny. We came into the game on Saturday walking to the G and saying to ourselves, it's going to be a long day. And yeah. I know back years ago, we used to go to this exact fixture Hawthorne versus Melbourne, and it used to be like a free win. You used to go to the MCG, used to know... Four points in the bag, yeah. Yeah, used to lock in the four points before the ball had even been bounced. And it had a really different feeling to it this time around. Obviously, Melbourne are flying, we're not. Yeah. And especially in that first half, it almost seemed like it was going to be a 100-point loss at one stage. And I'm glad it wasn't, but it definitely looked like boys against men. It looked like we had to try so hard even to get a score on the board, and they would just sort of pepper our 50 over and over again. Uh, but look, I was glad with the third quarter fight back. We made the score a little bit more respectable than what it could have been. I mean, it was getting to that point where we were thinking, oh no, how many records are we going to break here by getting smashed in this one? Because they looked hot early. I mean, I think Melbourne scored five points before they even scored a goal. That's so the, right. the writing was on the wall early and we couldn't do anything to arrest that momentum. It's funny because you can look at the game almost two ways. The fact that they probably didn't put us away as easily as they mm. could have at stages, but also when we sniffed an opportunity, we could have even gone a bit closer than what we did at times. Yeah, I think that shows how dysfunctional our forward line's been all year. I mean, I saw them do this stupid tactic at the ground, and we both spotted it, where they had that straight line yep. Yep. traffic light thing going on. It. I didn't mind yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. You know what, Matt? Like, it's something different. If they're going to line up yeah. in a line and where... So, the first eight rounds we've been dominating clearances and we just haven't got it right in that mm. forward line so we see this line thing this week and i must admit i haven't seen that in previous weeks i don't know about i wonder why but no no no. but we need to change something else up. Yeah. so we, we do this line thing we get the clearances and they're not stagnant while we're getting the clearances they're moving in every each way so I, I, it's I, less predictable we're playing a more unpredictable way and we're getting to that point of the season that it's a real issue that we need to kind of look at it in terms of whatever works. Fair enough. I mean, look, they're going to try different variations to try and get our forward line functioning. But something that we spoke about during the game, which I think I've noticed sort of all season, is we tend to keep the ball very deep to, like, the pockets, which yeah. the balls get killed very easily. I feel like when we play really basic football, like when we just kick a high one of the hotspot with Mitch Lewis there, we have our best chances of scoring. Because this game, when we are coming that third quarter, we, we spoke about it during the game, didn't we? When we just sort of got it in there and gave our forwards a chance. We had a lot better outcomes. And when we kind of like, we're really cute on the edge of 50, trying to hit small, short targets, it's like we didn't have the skill to do that. And we just 
we lost the game pretty much off that. Do you think it's a safety thing in terms of we go to the pockets because if the ball gets locked up, if the ball gets oh, killed, if the ball gets turned over, it's not in a dangerous place. Yeah, you're Whether creating a stoppage. We have really struggled this year with our transition from attack to defence that if we do bomb it long and straight right to the top of the goal square and it gets turned over then that transitioning back to defence could really open us up and we could get leaked. It's a good rationale, but has that worked for us so far? We're still getting exactly, smashed exactly. by 60 right. points every week. So we got to try something new. And when I, you know, when we're watching the game, we, we sit ourselves on level three sort of towards the, the front, even though we have our member seats. Under, under the scoreboard. Right. Because yeah. we like to have a good look at the whole ground. We're, we're, we're what you would call more analytical fans, aren't we? Yeah, we, we, we don't like the tactics. We, we like we seeing the game unfold. Yeah. And and we notice sort of these patterns emerge, one of them being that. And yes, you've got a good point. It probably used to create forward half stoppages as a more safer kick. They can't rebound you as easily. But we've got to try something different because honestly, our scoring power is a joke right now. I mean, I know I'm coming in hot here, but like every week we go watch the footy. And, you know, we know where we're at as a rebuild team, but Jesus, we've scored over 80 points once this year. Yeah. For our list, I think is still pretty piss poor. Yeah, well, that's two weeks in a row we've scored under 50 points, and that's just not good enough. That's two bad performances yeah. in a row. Do you have an answer of what you put that down to? Because if, if I could take a guess myself, I feel like, especially the last, and it's kind of happened all season, but notable in the last two rounds is the leaders of the club are having shocking performances. And I allude to guys like Wingard, Morrison has been terrible. Uh, CJ, I know they tried trialed him on a wing on the weekend to try and get him back into form, and he got a few touches, but he looked f- more fumbly than ever. Um, Frost had a, had a had a shocking one fifty. Now probably a really frost like one fifty. Yeah. Um. So so I don't know. Is is it our leaders? I'm trying to treat this game as a bit more in isolation, but I'm going to talk about it in more the context of the whole season because Melbourne are a good team, right? Yeah. They defended well. Even we said their pressure was amazing during the game. They set up so well behind the ball. So we did struggle to move it anyway. But I reckon all year, even against lesser teams, our our ability to get the ball from our defense to our forward lines a bit of a joke this year. Like let's be honest, we had the Hawks highway, but other than the going up the middle, which is easily shut down and predictable. We haven't really found a way to really transition the ball cleanly. No, yeah, you're exactly right. I feel like our best movement comes from centre bounces or in the middle of the ground. 100%. When we're in the defence, like when we're kicking out from a, after a behind, yeah. where there's a stoppage in the defence, we are the worst team of getting it out there. And, and we noticed times on the weekend where our players would have it in the back pocket and we were like to each other, who's moving? Who wants this nah, ball? There was no one even free. All the holes were covered, but... Yeah. It's like we're asking for players to kick it into holes and, and our players just creating contests. There's no leading. There's no wanting no. the actual ball. It's so no. dysfunctional. I think it's played on really contested footy reliance right now. Like, I remember the one point in the game, I think it was that first quarter when they kept peppering us, is there wasn't one time where the kick out, the person kicking out the ball hit that, like, 20, 30-meter target to the right or the left, like, you know, in the, in the next pocket, just to get a bit more distance on the mm-hmm. kick. We were just kicking it straight from that uh, from the uh, goal square out to the 50. Very dangerous, and it kept getting turned over, and they kept having pot shots at goal, and eventually the floodgates opened. I, I just didn't understand the tactics. It's like we, we just relied on winning the contest on the wings to get out. Yeah. There was no clean ball movement. There was no movement. It was just disappointing how we didn't really change anything. And, and yes, as you mentioned there, didn't really see any intent of the players trying to move and create space and get free. I'm not sure if that's direction or that the players are just sort of 
thinking they're more free than they are. It was it was an odd sort of game, and it was it was quite infuriating. A lot of the fans were really infuriated. We had that bit of a time during that third period where things opened up a little bit, and we played a bit more like fast and daring football, which is good to see. Yeah. But it was just too late. You know, we, we, go into, we, we go into halftime pretty much the game over, and it kind of sucks. It's funny. I like the first bit where you said that they get it in there and we just couldn't get it out. I remember thinking I almost liked it when they were kicking goals because it went back to the center. Yeah. It's like, oh, we can reset. We have the chance of winning That's quite it sad, isn't forward. it? Because they've scored. Literally. It was it was super sad. And, and it's been a bit of our season right now. We're so dysfunctional from the back line. I hate to say this, but... I hate, and and hate's a massive word, I hate the appointment and what Cade Simpson has done to the back half. I knew this was coming today. I didn't know you used that strong language for it. I mean, yeah, look, we're not going to sugarcoat it. Cade Simpson came in with, what, two seasons in the AFLW? Yeah. In a defense where it was already, where where it wasn't even broken. And we had, and and now a backline coach goes to the forward line. (laughs) <laughs> who, who played defense his whole career. I, I really, I think a lot of fans uh, in this borough I've seen on Twitter and online spaces, we just can't really understand it at all. No. and It's very confusing. See, it makes sense though, because you bring in David Hale, who did wonders with Frio's midfield. Yeah, but he's had AFL level experience. Yeah, you like, make him yeah. the, uh, the midfield coach, midfield goes well. Chris Newman, although our defense hasn't been perfect in past years, it's been a lot better than what it is but definitely this functional. Year. Like, like yeah. if you think about last year, for example, we held up and won some games because our defense was actually sort of tight. People forget that our midfield was shocking last year. Mm-hmm. It was 18th in the comp. So we gave our, our defense no real chance last year, but we still managed to win games. We managed to beat Geelong on Easter Monday, for God's sake, last year. I know, I know. Defense wins premierships. You can see that now that we've got our midfield fixed up, everyone thought that everything would just go back to normal. But they didn't account for the idea that the most important part of your ground is faltering right now. I think we can see that. I've got the number here somewhere. I think it was 47%. 44%. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, uh, efficiency of goals when they got inside 50. They were going at, were going at 44%, <laughs> which is like well, pretty much, you know, one in two times is scoring. Yeah. It's it, it's st- like, and look, I know this game, you know, give it a real break. Melbourne are a good team. They're always going to smash us. We actually predicted this. It's like whenever we were starting to come back, like even that third quarter, we kicked like a few in a row. We were like, yeah, but they're going to get in there once or twice. They're going to kick a goal. We'll get to the third Sleaky. quarter in yeah. a second because we want to talk about some mm. positive stuff. But just before we get there, you, you talked about efficiency and percentages and, and mm-hmm. things like that. There was a guy going at 96% on the weekend for us. And I'm going to name him and you're going to be shocked because we just watched him bombing into packs, into packs, into packs. Wasn't doing anything. And that's James Sicily. And yeah. I haven't liked his season in terms of He's de- he, not only defensively has he been poor, I think his decision-making has been very poor at times as well. Now, yeah. we talked about our players being stagnant and not demanding the ball or wanting the ball, but I hate the kicking efficiency stat because if you kick it into a pack and it's just a contest, the ball falls to the ground, you're still going at 100%. And yeah. that's all Sisley was doing. So when I looked at the stats after the game and saw that James Sisley went at 96%, Sam Frost went at 92%. I was like, these guys did absolutely nothing with the ball all day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I'm glad you brought him up. I didn't actually didn't plan on this player coming up, but I I think the more important stat you're looking at for players playing that position is, okay, how many times did your direct opponent mark the ball? 
How many goals did they kick? Well, I'll How many spoils did you get? I'll tell How you many what, tackles did you lay? I, I like that yeah. you brought this up because you were really upset about this guy on the weekend, but I can tell you that Blake Hardwick actually did not lose a one-on-one on the weekend. I'm glad. I, I, I wasn't saying defensively as much. I think with the ball, he's been a little bit shocking, inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he had a shocking start. I think he sort of came into the game a little bit. I'm not going to talk about Blake Hardwick because I trust him as a player and I and I, I was more frustrated during the game than anything. Um I don't think he's had an amazing year, I'd say. He's a pretty good one-on-one defender. We, we, he's always going to be in the team. There's no doubt about that. But I just... Look, it's hard because our, our whole defense is looking a bit of all sorts right now. I'm not sure if it's coaching or just morale right now. And I know the ball's coming in thick and hot. Some games it hasn't. Some games we've actually won the inside 50 count and still got done on the scoreboard because our defense has been leaky. But the player, yeah, we'll go back to Sicily for a second. Look, I felt for him because Blank was in and I thought, great, Sicily can get freed up. And then he got injured early I in the know, game yeah. and he got subbed out. So... That was disappointing for uh, to had to go back to that um that key defender or sort of role, which I, I felt for him. I saw him on Max Scorn a few times, and I was like, oh yeah, that's that kind of sucks. But yeah, you're right. Look, I'm I'm not going to focus on just his defending right now. I think his leadership has been questionable. I'd say this year. Yeah, I, I haven't really seen him like you know really get the boys up and going. Like, it's unfair yeah. on him though because he's playing a role that he shouldn't be playing. Yeah. Plus, trying to lead the team for the first time, yeah. and, and he can't focus on that when he's on the biggest forward, yeah, or one second biggest. Yeah. So, so like in a few weeks, we come, in a few weeks we come up against Kerno and Mackay, and Sisley at this point is going to be taking one of them and Frost taking the other. So, yeah. like, yeah, how are you meant to lead when that's your situation? You know, what, good point. You know, what, I'm going to retract my statement because I I do feel for Sis. You know, I, I actually I still agree that he was the best player to make the captain. We love him at the Hawthorne Fancast. I just get infuriated by him right now. I can't. I mean, I'm, look, I'm in a pretty poor mood, as you can tell, reflecting yeah. on this. Well, we you know, both are. I don't dump think I've ever game. come to a podcast <laughs> so angry, and it's midweek. It's not. Yeah, and I shouldn't be. Like, I really because I, I predicted this. My my tip was I think two points off what had actually happened. Like I knew this was yeah. sort of going to happen. I think it was just the way we just lost. Like they could have smashed us by more. Like the amount of points they kicked was a lot. So I. Yeah, I'm just disappointed. But anyway, I think we probably should get on some positive, shouldn't we? I know. It's been over 10 minutes. So, the third quarter. Like, yeah, the third quarter's good. You go into half time and you've kicked a goal for the game. You've, I think, well, one three nine at half time. Yeah, well, nine points, yeah. Yeah. We, we haven't even cracked double figures yet. Mm-hmm. So, you, you're going in, you're watching the Oz kickers play, and it's really grim. And then you come out. Well, mate, I, le- I left the stadium. I went and got a hot jam donut outside to treat I mean, myself because Hawks weren't treating me at all. That is therapy, if I've ever heard it. Um, yeah. They come back out and they just kick five goals, five goals to three in the third term. We mm. saw Cam McKenzie and Weddle back to back, probably yeah. one of the moments of the season in what was such a dull game. Um, and we're just playing Hawks footy. And yeah. it's kind of like, why does it, what, what was said at half time and why does it take till half time to come and pull your fingers out? And our last mm. quarter wasn't even that bad. They ran over the top of us. We only nah, kicked one goal. For that. Anyway. Yeah. We only kicked one goal. After the third quarter, but our second half compared to the first, like, come on. Yeah, no, definitely. Look, I that's the only th- the third quarter, bar the third quarter. There wasn't a lot to be cheerful as a Hawks fan. There, it made it sort of worth going for. You know, we're get, we're going to be there either way as as passionate Hawks fans. But it was nice to see us actually get on the board. And there were some good goals. I mean, Cam McKenzie, shout out to him. He got his first goal. It was a great one. Snap. Weddle and Weddle's uh, Weddle's bomb was also beautiful to see. And we got up and about for for both those goals. And it was a great quarter. Five goals is really nice. It's our cool. highest scoring quarter, which says a lot about our season so far. Um, 
I didn't like how we still leaked those three goals that quarter. I yeah. thought that, that they only had a few chances sort of at parts and we, we leaked anyway and that's just... Because I think know. it was something like we got two goals and they got two goals and we yeah. got two goals. It's always the case where like, and I was saying, we were talking about during the game, we are like, yeah, we've kicked a couple now, but are they just going to go back down the other end and reverse that score? So look, let's, let's not be uh, too delusional. Like we were never going to come back and pinch that one, but it's, it was <laughs> nice to see our sort of like... It is funny you trail. say that because there were definitely moments on Saturday... Where we probably didn't think we we're going to come back and win, but we were like, "Are we a sniff? I Are think, we a chance?" I, you know what I think it is. I think we look at games like we were at the Carlton game last year. Yeah, where we were down by what, like over thirty points. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous in the first quarter because Kerno and Mackay were doing us a new one, but we sort of like our defense back then was so much more like. I know. I, I think that's the thing with the weekend. On the weekend, is we're kicking these goals. Yeah. And we're like, oh, we're, we're, we're within 25 even points. Even our forward line, like, we, I know we, we we don't even need to mention our forward line because how bad it's been all year. Yeah. But that, and once again, pretty dysfunctional, whatever gets in there. Cosy's, you know, back in again. He can half contest, but we just don't but have the players right was now. Was it more Melbourne taking the foot off or us playing Hawks footy or a bit of both? No, I think it was a bit of a a bit of fire under the belly, you know, like third quarters, people forget, aren't usually our hotspots. No. We don't come out of half-time firing, but we had to turn it eventually. That wasn't only our best third quarter of the year. It was our best quarter of the year. Yeah. In terms of scoring. So, I don't know I I thought we just put some, like, as we mentioned earlier in the pod, we just put a little bit more chaos balls into the 50. Yeah. You know, like those high and under ones to the sort of the hotspot. A part of me just wanted us to simplify the game a little bit. We were overhandling it for the midfield and getting yeah, turnovers away. Yeah, I like that you that up. That's and probably one thing we haven't touched on yet. Doing short chip kicks. It was just nice to see us get it deep in there. Yeah, I think that's a good point before we move on to, to our best players of the week is we said a couple times during the game is we're trying to overcomplicate this game style. We're not going direct and, and simplifying it. We have to remember that, and, and I think our coaching staff also have to remember is our players are so inexperienced that... Where we've got a game style that they're trying to pull off that I don't think they're ready to pull off yet. So it's good to take yep. aspects of that game style, but all in all, simplify it a bit. We overuse the hands. We're going short chips. There were times when we're at the top of the 50 or just a bit out of 50. We're looking sideways. Get it, get the fuck in there. Get it in the, get it in the 50. <laughs> like, are you kidding? Like, You've got Mitch Lewis. He's back from injury. It's not like we don't have him like we did in the first yeah, that, round. Yeah, that, that excuse is well and truly gone now. Just get it in there. Using. Get it. I know they've got May and Lever double teaming, hanging yep. off him. Just try and create a contest. I'd rather it get turned over, last line of defense, than you're switching it 60 meters out and then getting opened up through the corridor. And it happened a few times. Yeah. It's yeah. frustrating. I know what you mean. It's the, the, frustrating. the turnovers on the on the on those fifty arcs were pretty ridiculous, and it was getting to a point where we just need to try something different. And we had that period in that third where we were getting a little bit deeper in there. All right, negatives done. We we need to move on. We All need right. to move on. I'm pretty sure we're going to have very similar three mm-hmm. players um, who are our best on the weekend, just because there probably were only three real standouts. Mm, we'll see. All right, so uh, you know what? Because I, because I'm confident that we'll probably have the same. Go on. We're both going to say our three on the same time. Then we're going to say our two yeah. on the same are we time. Gonna, are, we gonna, are we going to are we going to say them in order? So three votes yeah. first. All right. Yeah. Right. It counts down. So three, two, one. Seamus Mitchell. Yes. 
Seamus Mitchell. You didn't even say it. <laughs> Three, two, one. Giant Joe Newcomb. Newcomb. Yeah. Three, two, one. Will, Will Day. Day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We have the same three. Yeah. Um, it's not just because we're brothers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think the midfield again. Even even Nash and Warple played pretty well. Uh, it was one of the games that our midfield probably got beat. Yeah, but I wouldn't say comfortably. No, no. Like no. I wouldn't say smash like we had before against Melbourne. But. I don't want to talk about them because we talk about them every week. Yeah. So, that's why I said let's say them together because it's pretty obvious. Let's talk about Shammy. Yeah, good idea. Because... Shammy. Shammy. I think that's what they, he goes by, Shammy. Shammy's Mitchell. Shammy, so, okay. I like Shammy because not only did he just show his best game, I feel like structurally he is so good for the defense even though the defense hasn't been structurally good if that makes yeah. sense. Like, yep. you look at... Uh, what Weddle and um, Mitchell bring to the team is Weddle obviously takes a tall or, or he's kind of playing that scrimshaw role, but Shammy frees up Hardwick. Yeah, and I'm it, glad you mentioned that it's one. It's kind of like what Morris was doing last year and that's when Hardwick started yeah. playing well. That Sh- but Shammy is playing that Hardwick role but he's as a, well. Shammy's a really good ball user. Yeah. His kicking is fantastic. 100%. It, it, he uses the ball really well. Every time he gets it, I'm really comfortable but, with him. You know those players that you're uncomfortable with, like a wall ball if they have it? Seamus Mitchell is like a, a scrimshaw for me. Like, he's he's really comfortable. And, and to go with that, like, he's just got pace. And and without ball in hand, yeah. he has really good closing speed. Did you say that punch he did? Yeah. It, it, yeah right yeah. near the, the pocket? Yeah, yeah. I, his pace and his tracking will really help him out. Yeah. I reckon he's like a yeah, as you he's mentioned, gonna be sort of hard very, He's going to be very good on smalls in the future. Yeah. I don't think many people kicking goals on him. I he just rack, he just kept racking it up, but he's got confidence, and, and it's probably the first time this season we've really seen it shine. Yeah. Where he's demanded the ball, he's got the ball. He's the only one that wants to receive handballs off a standstill. So he's running past the player that has the ball and he's he's demanding it, he's going for runs, he's kicking it short, he's taking that first option. I think what people have struggled with, our players have struggled with this season is taking that first option. And we know Josh Ward does it really well. He takes the nice little yep. short kicks. Seamus Mitchell was just running and gunning, doing the little short dinky kicks and, and getting us out of trouble. Yeah, I like it. I really like that call. And he also took eight marks, which which means he's getting open for, for, you know, balls as well. He was pushing up the ground. I saw him on the wing. I saw him at half forward. Yeah, he's got the pace for it. So, I'm really glad that we have a player like him in the team. And look, he's locked in his spot now. Like, it's fantastic to see Seamus Mitchell, who, you know, got delisted last year. (laughs) Got put back on the list as a Category B, was it? Dylan Moore make two, is it? Yeah, fantastic. And, and, you know, we always had faith for Seamus Mitchell. But his injuries really let him down. And then he was, a, you know, he had to sort of positional change because at the time, sort of competing with like Rockman and stuff like that. So, That's yeah, it. good on Seamus. And, and I think we can comfortably say he'll be in the team for the pretty much the, you know, yeah, near the future. And, and it's yeah. almost like how Hardwick did it too. Do you remember yeah. when Hardwick did it is in 2017, we obviously came off all these losses and Clark was like, oh, something has to change. And I remember at that point in time, Hardwick was at the bottom of the list, almost in supporters' minds of, oh, this guy might be a guy that might be delisted at the end of the year. Yeah. And Hardwick comes in the squad, keeps his spot, and hasn't really been dropped since or yeah. missed the game since. And Shammy looks like he's going to continue in that same mould. And out of all the debutants this year, it's probably been the best. Yeah. Well, no, no debutant this year has had, what, a 27-touch game. No, and then definitely robbed of a rising star. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Just... I'm even going to be starting that, but anyway. Yeah. I mean, Hawthorne, uh, Hawthorne used to get robbed in rising stars. Sirioli, oh, take two. Ryan Burden as well. I yeah, that. so... Yeah, so... 
hundred percent. But Shami just needs to keep doing what he's doing. And I think he? uh, having Sheamus in is a feel fulfills one of the I think missing things we're having this year. Where I think our mid our defense has gone down in their ball use a lot because Will Day's no longer there. Yeah, Scrimshaw can't get in the team. Hundred percent because I like of that. you know injuries and whatever yeah. reason. I'm not going to go to all these conspiracy theories of why Scrimshaw's not playing. Mm-hmm. My guess is it's just injury still, and he's not quite fit and ready to go. Well, I've heard things about Sam spraying him and probably yeah, not and look, the most I, out of him and we and spoke about this during the week, didn't we? If that's the case, I like it because we need to be driving high stands in our football club. So for you listeners out there who don't know what we're talking about. What you informed me of was that, and what I've read also online, is that Scrimshaw at training didn't run hard enough defensively during a drill or something along the lines of that, and he got a massive spray by Sammy. Um, and a lot of fans will be like, oh, Scrimshaw's got to be in the team. I'm 100% on that bandwagon as well. I think Scrimshaw's a starting player. But if that is true and he's not working hard enough, fair enough. you got to drive high stands at the football club. We, have, like a lot, we have a really tight, you know... Even doing our list spots, which we're going to get to in a second, we're, we're having a difficult time doing this right now. So every player has to be performing because there's some players that aren't right now and they're gone for players that aren't may, may not usually be in the team. Well, I can guarantee you because we are doing a late night recording that Sam Mitchell is in bed, eyes completely open because he's having selection dilemmas. So well, yeah, he shouldn't 100%. have too many. It's West Coast this week. but anyway. Yeah, there's still a lot of people uh, vying for a, a spot. Um, speaking of, we will go into a bit of housekeeping. Yep, let's do it. Um, before we get into the next game. And two injuries that I'm aware of mm-hmm. this week. You might have more that I've just missed. But uh, I know Blank came off early uh, with a corked quad. Yeah, that's correct. And I don't know what CJ did, but I remember he, um, he got a knock late and he came off and he's going to miss yeah. uh, this week. Hasn't met himself either, CJ, this year. So no. he hasn't yeah. had the best luck. So it's probably not the worst thing if he does go out for a bit nah, of a spell. neither of those two are huge players. I mean, I was sad for Blank because I wanted to see what he could do. I actually think he started really strong, actually, when Blank was on. I agree. Um, so I'm sad for him. Yeah. yeah. I, I, was, I was looking forward to seeing Sicily get freed up. But that, anyway. that, that was my... I was about to chime in and just say it wasn't just because of Blank. It was more because... Uh, of Sicily as well, so we'll see if DGB gets a spot in the in the coming. I wonder weeks. if he would have made it even a little bit easier because we did concede twenty mark, one marks since our fifty. Oh, so terrible to five. So you think about that, they had four times the amount of marks that we had in sub fifty, well, which means they should be scoring way more anyway. It'd be very alarming if this happens this week as we go into Tassie on Sunday at mm-hmm. one ten against West Coast. Some have dubbed it the Harley Reid Cup. Oh, this thing! I mean, wasn't the, the- Geelong game dubbed the Harley Reid Cup as yeah, well? No. <laughs> They're all, they're all dubbing the Harley Reid Cup, but obviously yeah. the, long the season, two, guys, long season. The bottom two on the ladder, West Coast, we, with valid excuses being, I think they've got 18 players on their injury list and a good 10 of them probably make their best 22. Um, mm-hmm. And they come up against us that I feel like we haven't been playing out the worst footy, but uh, obviously not doing enough to win and obviously not playing four quarters all the time either. At the one ground where we can actually play good for oh, yeah thank right God now. it's at this ground um for west coast jack darling uh fractured his arm so he'll be out yeah so that's a guy that we don't have to worry about um, do they have a k forward right now i think it's oscar allen's pretty good um, okay so just put one of them water waterman probably goes forward as well so they've okay. got people that can take grabs and, sure. and keep goals um don't know if you if you if you rate them um oscar allen's certainly great oscar allen's, oscar i noticed him on the cold metal leaderboard the other day and i was like oh good for you yeah, team so. second last, and you know, so he's kicking all their goals. Yeah, so stop him, probably beat them. Um, we will go into our changes first. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so 
we've come off a big loss, but let's go over the outs first because yeah, we, we we need to justify, I guess, why we're taking players out of the team. There's there's a few on the chopping block, mm. and, and I'll go even through more on the chopping block that I don't even have named as my outs because I know these guys certainly need to be on there. But for this week, out, I've got Cozzy. Yep, I've got. CJ because he's injured, but I don't think his form's been great too. Well, let, let's let's have a chat about Cosy first. Yeah. Why, why is he out for you? I th- I think he was competitive enough on the weekend. Yeah, but I feel like he's always competitive enough. No, no. Okay, uh, early rounds was literally getting outmarked. Well, I that, feel like okay, you know that's fair. But, but, but generally, I think even like good Cosy, like in some yeah. years, he can half contest, but not much more than that. Had a terrible miss um, early in the game. I think our only score for the first quarter. Yep. Um, which was just a really cosy thing to do, to be honest. Look, he's, um, look let's 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 cut like straight to the point. He it wasn't playing good at VFL. He's he, not it, AFL standard. Yeah, he he's got he, he got into the team because Reese went out, and they couldn't put Gorn and Grundy just on Meek. Hundred percent. So it was a necessity. Cosy's gone this week. I haven't liked Jaff this year. Yeah, well, he's injured, so so he goes could, out anyway. Yeah. Uh, Blank is injured. He goes out. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Bramble was quite good when he came on as a sub. Yeah. But I just don't see... We haven't see... really seen enough of him, have we? He, he's a bit like the next guy I'm going to get to as well, but he's just anonymous. He's just... I don't feel like he offers... Well, he, only played, he only played like half games of football right now. But... He played three quarters on the weekend. But, That's true. Um, he just doesn't get... I just don't know what his role is, what he actually provides, what his weapons are. Like, yes, he has um, pace. He has okay... But I, I know what you mean. Like... We know he has weapons, but he doesn't use them overly. I'm never at a game like, oh, yeah, go Bramble. Like, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I'm still going to hold out some faith. I think Bramble's been dominating the VFL this year. I want to see him come good. Yeah. I had to have him out for this game like you, but I, I get what you mean. Like, we need to see a little bit more of him. He's playing in his sort of third year now. So, we he's got to be lifting his game a little bit. The other guy's just been absolutely terrible, and that's Harry Morrison. Yeah, that's the first one I have on my outs here. Yes, like same. Written in there, just he needs to go this week. I, I went, think. I went backwards from my outs, and it's disappointing because Harry Morrison had a great year last year. He came out from injury this year. I thought he had a really good first game in. I think that was the game we beat North. Yeah, and since then, turnover king. Yeah, it is, it's like everything he touches turns <laughs> to shit. Pretty much. It, it, yeah, I know that was a time in the last quarter. He had the ball on maybe the edge of the fifty. And he went in to try and center it. And it literally just came off the side and just rolled to a Melbourne player. I'm yep. like, geez, you're just, you're just not on. Um, the other one I don't have as an out, but yeah, he's on the la- he's on his last chance. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because it's Sir Douglas Nichols round. Uh, but that's Chad Wingard. Now, he wow. has been yeah. super lazy. Just doesn't seem interested in... At all has kicked one goal this year, and it was the beautiful one against Essendon. So he had a really nice chance on the weekend where he, I think he might have even sold candy, uh, settled, gone for goal, and it's gone down the full. And you know, a player is so down on form and on confidence, and nothing's going right for him when things like that start happening, that he probably just needs a reset. The thing with Chad Wingard, because I can sense from him as a player. He would hate losing. Yeah. And I can I just see a player like being so deflated team. right yeah. now. Like, just lose loss after loss after loss. It looks like it's getting to him. It's like his form's gone down. He's making us a worse team right now. 
I don't have him on my outs. I reckon this week would be lovely to see Chad play and hopefully kick a few because we're playing West Coast. Indigenous round. Playing back in the form, please, West Coast, because we need Chad firing. Because right now, you're right. He's so close to being dropped. It's not even a joke. And this is a player I really thought was going to be like a little icing on the cake when he first came to the club. But he's been nothing for our club, really. So so Just a few goals here and there, a few games. I've gone through my outs. I'm going to go through my outs again, but with the ins. Just so okay, the so you can swap. kind of understand it. Got ya. Right. So I've gone Fergus, Brocky, C Mac, Scrimshaw, and Reeves. Okay. And they're gonna come in for Morrison, Bramble, Blank, Jaff, and Cozzy. Okay. So Fergus is the only one I was kind so you don't, of you don't have Ward back in. Ward's not, uh, ruled out. Oh, he's not yeah, playing this week. He's ruled out. He's, okay, well, that guy's my one. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know about that one. Um, I think I, I thought you watched Peter Burge on the injury report this week, Matt. No, I actually missed it, to be honest with you. Um, a bit lazy. Fergus was the only one I was toying with a bit, saying, oh, does he come back? Nah, he's not? back this week. I'm going to tell you something. And this is why I've got Ferg back in the team. And you might think I'm thinking into it a bit too much. You might think this idea is so stupid. I'm putting Fergus into the team. Because when I watched us play West Coast last year, Tom Barras blanketed Mitch Lewis, uh, had a career-best game. I think he even got the three Brownlow votes, Tom Barras. I just mm-hmm. remember being at the G going, this guy's on steroids. This guy's absolutely killing Might us. Might have been the last game I saw us win live. I think it was the last mm-hmm. game we went to where we won live. Um, I am making Mitch Lewis play decoy this week. That Fair sounds enough. so stupid. Just take out Barras. Take out Barras. He they've they've got an injury riddled side that they've only got enough good players that we can almost do a job to take him out and then have the rest to play freely. And Barras is one of those guys that if we take out, go small and put Fergus as our leading target in 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 a really unpredictable condition, Tazzy. Then that works. Yeah, look, Green's in for me. Like, he's kicked enough goals to not only prove it, I, I thought it was kind of harsh because our, our forwards have been shocking all year. Yeah, I know. Like, there was not one good forward on the weekend. They need you can't, to you can't to name me one good forward on the weekend. So no. just play him. They, he can kick goals. He can lead. He was doing a great job without Mitch Lewis there. We got Mitch Lewis. So no, there's no complaints now about, oh, we'll, get, we'll kick goals when Mitch Lewis comes back. Get him in the team. If He's our future, clearly. So why isn't he playing? Like, you know, and, and if you're right and Wingard hasn't waited for him, so be it. They they, they need to play Fergus because Fergus is 10 times better than Cozzy for mine. Jekka is injured. You need two forwards. I don't want these makeshift rucks going down there or anything like that. No, nah, wrestling rucks haven't worked for us anyway this year. I know Cozzy had to play on the weekend due to Reeves going out. But Lewis and Ferg really need to learn how to play in the same team as each other. They do. I feel like the reason why Ferg got dropped is because he had two games with Mitch Lewis in the team that he he just didn't get it. He just didn't know what to do. He, but that comes over time. They they still need to learn to play with each other. Yeah. Right, Ferg is, is 100% in there. He has to be. Yeah. It was only a two-game sample size as well. I want to see um, Brocky and Butler play together. I just don't know if they're going to bring... Brocky in without taking one of Butler and Wingard out because 
then we've got mm. so many small forwards adding that to Bruce uh, and I, I think Mitchell likes Brocky, so he'll probably bring, bring yeah. him in. I didn't have him in because I just thought maybe give Butler another week and see how he goes. Yeah. It was a bit unfair to, to just to judge him off the Melbourne game because the ball didn't come in there. And, and to be honest with you, I can't even name a forward that had a good game last week. So mm-hmm. maybe just leave Butler in this week, see how he goes. And talking about small forwards, I've also got C-Mac coming in. He's not really mm-hmm. a small forward, okay. but he, he also plays down that end. And Do you have Scrimshaw in? Yeah, he's my next one. I've got Scrimshaw in. Okay, good. But, but And then it's like, oh, do we do we bring Scrimshaw in and not Fergus? And Scrimshaw can play Fergus's role. Hmm. Well, look, I think you're onto something in terms of Mitchell needs someone to partner up with down there. And then I think we're going to come up the worst um, ruck matchups in history on the weekend. You've got Reeves and Meek taking on Bailey Williams and Callum Jamison. Now, is that the that is the most underwhelming rock matchup? I'll tell you this: if, if that's well, yeah, it's pretty shocking. I mean, look, I, I know we're almost in Oppo Watch now, but to be honest with you, I just I, I didn't have much to even write down here. Yeah, when I think West Coast is shocking. Like I, I know we're terrible. We're, we're last for a reason, and we, and we haven't had a good year. But West Coast, I mean, and it makes sense in the context of their injuries, right? But if we don't win this game, it's, it's pretty embarrassing. Oh, it's a worry. No, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Like in Tassie, if we don't win this game, I don't know what we're gonna win this year. Because there's, there's no better. Like you can't even, you couldn't even schedule like a better outcome for us. Like having half West Coast out, we don't have overly too many injuries right now. No. So we've got pretty much our full team in against a depleted some- West Coast team in Tassie. Yeah. There's something like the. The um exp- the games experience that West Coast have out this week is almost the same amount of games that our list has played. Yeah, I saw that that infographic online. Yeah, I found that really interesting. So, how do we beat them? Just by turning up, or well, like play horse specific? Like, yeah. uh, w- clearly, I think we're a better team than West Coast. Yeah. So, despite injuries, I still think I agree. But I, I think team. we can still lose. <laughs> I mean, yeah, hundred yeah. percent, because. We don't play four quarters. Yeah. Um, we're and so we're inconsistent. leaky. And it's not that. It's our skills. It's we shoot each other in the foot. We're going forward. Yeah. There was a play on the weekend. I think Moore was going forward and then he yeah, yeah. ran into yeah. someone and we yeah. were out and there was a few moments like that on the weekend. But literally in the run sheet, I haven't really written much else just than saying just play Hawthorne footy. Yeah, I just, we're the better I just, side. We just need to make the most of our chances and capitalize off clearances. And I, it's the I same just, thing that we say every week. I just sort of said tighten up the defense. I mean, Oscar Allen and you know they've got like a, a couple other nifty sort of plays like there. Jamie Cripps can score goals. Yeah, so like, so just tighten up the defense. I honestly think that we've probably got them covered in the other areas of the ground anyway. Our defense worries me. If we leak against them, I feel if they put scoreboard pressure on us, it could really lead to a spiral, and we could actually get you know end up losing. Yeah. So, just that for me. I'm not going to go to mission analysis. This game is pretty much bad versus bad, but bad versus bad. <laughs> I know. Uh, that's not a word. The other things I've got is just about some of their plays. I did talk about how um, I think Tom Barras absolutely tore us a new one. Yeah, he's a pretty good player. Spoke about Allen and Waterman, but the other guys in a team with not many good midfielders. Kelly. Tim Kelly. Yeah. He's the only midfielder yeah. that I feel like needs some uh, sort of Just chuck Nash on him and then we'll just we'll that's be right. It, that's it. Yeah. Just I, I, look, Nash. you know what I love about these ga- the, about this Hawthorne team right now? One of, one of the you know few things I like about us right now 
is I can go into these games and I can always back our midfield, just give it a crack. Yeah, 100%. Like, we just do not get annihilated in the midfield anymore. We, we've lost midfield battles this year, no doubt about that. I mean, we lost against Melbourne on the weekend, for example. We just don't get smashed to the point where it looks like we're fighting a losing battle the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when the ball gets in our defense, that's where my really anxiety kicks in. This is such a, ga- a hard game to preview, um, just mainly because, because I don't rate West Coast that highly there's actually not that much to talk about and i would even make a point to say like i, I watch a lot of footy but because west coast is so bad i don't want to watch them yeah I, I watched a little bit of um their clash with gold coast on last friday night yeah. and gold coast just tore them i looked at the stats for this podcast and i don't think they won any but free kicks yeah they, so they, if they that's were, not they a, terrible like we're, we're talking about a team right now who, who are playing what waffle players yeah they, they were at home, Matt. There's, no, there's, there's nowhere to hide this game. This that, is the thing with the Hawks. They have to turn up and they have to win. If they're losing by whatever it was, 50 points, I think it might have been even 60, 70 points against Gold Coast at Optus, their home ground, what chance do they have against... I, I feel like Gold Coast is a little bit better than what we are, but yeah, they what, are. how do you feel about them going to Tassie beating us? Like I feel like that's just almost impossible. Yeah, well... You say that. I know. You say but, that and then but we'll talk again but and see, we'll lose. I'm a biased Hawks fan. So, on paper, I think our team's a lot better than they actually are. 100%. Because like, I don't think we're a bottom team. And I still don't like honestly believe that. But I have to come to reality that we are a team that loses to most other... T- like, if you look at our losses even, we've lost to a lot of teams around us. Not just, yeah. you know, top four. So, it's a worry right now. Yeah. And that brings anyway, us to the player, player to watch that we're watching. Dylan Moore's got to have a good game this game. Yeah, I sent him last week, so I can't say him again. Or maybe I haven't sent him the week before, but you're right. You're yeah. right. We don't speak about him a lot because we trust him. We know he's a good player and we know he's not going to get dropped. So out of form. But, and I think he got 19 on the weekend, but he hasn't hit the scoreboard very much, has he? Not at all. I, I actually can't remember his last yeah. goal. Uh, he's got to start picking some goals. Adel- I think it might be yeah. against Adelaide. And I, and I say this out of complete love for Dylan Moore. Like, I want him to do well. So, yeah. that's one of the part of the reasons why I put him here is because I know what the kind of player he is. I, we, I, I can just see his pure potential. Champion Data even picked up his potential. So, this game, I think, is a great game for a lot of players who are out of form to get some... Because, you know, when you look at our season so far, right, two of our better games were the Adelaide and the GWS game, which came right after our North game. I feel like sometimes you just need to have a win. I mean, then they come <laughs> to get the morale back. Our, uh, Easter Monday game. Easter yeah, Monday okay, yeah. between them. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, I completely forgot about that. Jesus. Oh, scratch that logic. I, I thought that maybe just a win might help the boys lift morale a bit. But you know what? Hopefully, um, a couple of goals to Dylan Moore on the week and get he can get his uh, eye for goal back because he's had some pretty bad misses this year as well. I like that you're talking about him because I've seen online this week that there's a few Hawthorne supporters that want him dropped. And Absolutely I, not. I compare him because to, he's not having bad games. He's just not having the same involvement as he did last no, season. I'll tell you this, man. I feel like he's another player that every time he's touched it, it's it's, it's just not been impactful. But you compare him to a guy yeah, like. Yeah, but you compare him to a guy like Wingard, who's in a similar boat where he's so out of I know where you're going You're going to go an effort, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Now, Dylan Moore, he might be not in the form of his life. But he runs he's, like a dog all he's, game. He's effort and he's tackling and he, you just know with Dylan Moore, he knows he's playing bad. He knows he's out of form. I think he's almost trying too hard. Yeah, I've heard that being thrown around. And I when, don't really know what trying too hard means personally. No, it means you're... You're trying 120%. Like, yeah. you just go in... 
you're going to every contest like a maniac. Yeah. And he's doing that a bit. I think to the point for what, what it means to me is almost like you try so hard, you sort of forget your natural abilities and your skills that you bring. And yeah. you just try to focus on like on heart of the 40 or whatnot and just not backing yourself as much. He's almost like getting distracted during the game. I get what you mean. I, I think a lot of it's due to our ball movement being poor that he can't really get on the end of any chains as well. Yeah. Like, because you look at people in a similar positions to him, like a, um, I don't know, Cam McKenzie plays there, Conor McDonald plays similar positions, that half high half forward. Mm-hmm. All three of them, I'd say, don't rack up a lot of touches or kick a lot of goals this year, primarily because the ball doesn't really go through there very much. Yeah. Well, at least. So I feel for him. And it's not like we can just plug him into the midfield like we could last year to give him some more touches when he had off games. He's too far down the pecking order because we've got too many mids. Well, that's the thing is, is Chad Wingard, Dylan Moore, they're players that we can inject to the midfield. But, we but won't. then you're depriving Josh Ward going in there when he was playing, Cam McKenzie going that's in right. there when he's playing. We've got four stalwarts. The only one I would like to see in there is Cam McKenzie because I just think he's an all in all at midfield. And he probably adds a little bit more class to the yeah. midfield. Yeah, I agree. But other, other than that, like. Sorry, Dylan Moore. Sorry, Chad Wingard. Yeah, you're kind of locked to your positions because our midfield's doing too good right now to mix it up. And brings you to my player to watch, who is mm-hmm. also in a, in, a, in a similar boat, opposite flank, can't get in the midfield. He's going to have a breakout game on the weekend, and that's Conor McDonald. Yeah. And I saw you mime that to me before I said it because I knew it. you know how much I love this bloke. You do. Um it's just the perfect game for him against an opposition that's not great for to come back into the side after a few weeks having no continuity to come back and just just play an awesome game now Conor McDonald is a typical 15 disposal one goal game um, where he plays maybe two quarters uh, you you see him sporadically during the game, then he bobs up for a goal. You're like, oh, wow, see Mac, yay, kind of thing. He's yeah. the goal. <sighs> There's a game coming where he's going to have over 20 and over two goals, and that's going to be his breakout game, and I feel like we can see it this week. I feel like he's a player that's been brewing, brewing and brewing for some time, and we're yet to see that potential fully fulfil. Um, and he's so close, and and I could almost say this every week until he does, because it's going to happen really soon. But I feel like this weekend is the perfect game for C Mac to have his breakout. I hope you're right. I, I'm I take a very like more of a long term approach to C Mac because he's quite slight. I think that, and he's already got the skills. Like he's sort of like a Will Day in a way. Yeah. Like when you start off, you know, you see a skinny little kid sort of thing. He's got a lot of class about him. Similarly, but. He just needs to like sort of come into his own a little bit more. So I reckon I'm pretty patient on C Mac. Yeah. I don't need him at like I thought I you know, early in the year I think I was saying like I really want him to have a breakout game, but right now I'm kinda of patient with him more than others. Mm-hmm. More than some others. Um well, I feel like when you are yeah. patient, that's when it happens. Because, I, I mean, I, well, I we, we, right. were, we were both really patient with Will Day. We knew where he was at last year and then this year is having the season of his life. He's, I think it's like the level of talent as well on yeah. those players. You can see the natural abilities so that they don't need to like exactly compensate in other areas as much. See, I feel like that way towards Cam McKenzie. And I said that to you this week. I said like, like yeah. oh, you don't, you don't really talk about Cam McKenzie much. You don't really see, see the hype of Cam McKenzie. And yeah. I was like to you, I'm like, mate, I can see his talent. Like he's going to be there. He's going to come there. Yeah, he, fair. Kind of just not excited about him right now because I know it's going to happen. Yeah. And, and I want to see him break in our mid because I reckon when he breaks in our, our midfield, 
and gives our midfield the proper ball use it deserves. Because we've got the enforcers there, right? Like, your Warpool and Nashes are shoveling it out. Newcomb does a little bit of both kicking and shoveling. I think we just need that one extra player that has that level of class on the outside, which I think C-Max our man. Sorry, Cam uh, McKenzie's our man. I love our little tangents we're going on tonight. We're not sticking to run sheets at all and we're just going off on our little little chats, which which I don't mind and I hope you listeners liked it as well. We will go to our tips. To our tips. Yeah, I've gone us by 30 this game. I've gone us by 20 in a really frustrating tazzy game that they always are where it is similar to how we beat North early in the year. It's just going to be a real arm wrestle, a game that we feel like we're dominating and just can't put them away and then eventually run over the top. It's just it, almost like how we beat them last year. I think it was a bit similar. I remember yeah, dominating them an and arm wrestle. coming late and being like, oh, thank God we finally won this one. So I think it will be in some similar fashion. I feel like we lack the ability to put our foot down on the gas and on the pedal and, and just run away with games. Um, and I feel like on the weekend will be no different. So... I know that's just how I see it. Yeah, look, I think on I won't be happy unless we really smash him in an ideal world, mate. I just want to win. But yeah, that's the point I was going to make. But honestly, in the end of the day, I would love to just bank the win. Yeah, four points. And move on. Move on with my life. Exactly. It means we will go above them and yeah. won't be. Look, well, I, I'm the same like to a lot of fans where I do want the, a high draft pick. Yeah, number one will be fantastic. But I don't think you can lose these kind of games when you're trying to rebuild a team and get morale up. Like, yes, it's important to have a good draft pick, but it's more important that the boys know that they can actually win games and the confidence is there and that we can actually see improvement. And if we don't win this game, there's not a lot of improvement, a lot of blue skies are at the moment. So we, this is one of the ones where I'm going to be put a bit more of an ultimatum on this game. Like, this is a must win for us. Now, before we go into our own podcast housekeeping, normally I say to you, something on the lines of oh can't wait to come back next week mm-hmm. after a win and talk about it but there's no podcast next week no there's no podcast next week so you know we're probably gonna miss our hell only win for a while i know yeah i'm away so can't do it next week but if you do like what we do you can find us on apple spotify amazon pretty much anywhere you can get your podcast you can find us at the hawthorne fancast um and if you're can't get your podcast fixed next week then just listen to this episode again or listen to previous episodes and make sure to leave a review because we like what we do and i hope you love what we do um and it just helps us with our ranking Uh as well and how many other hawthorne fans just like yourselves can find us and we'll still be online on social medias posting a lot uh reflecting on the game so please engage with us as much as you want um yeah just because the podcast isn't running next week does not mean that you guys don't have to get some Hawthorne Fancast content well, Matt, during the week. It's been a pleasure as always. Let's hope we can get the win on the weekend. Thanks, James. Hopefully this is the one. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.